0: The alarm went off at three o'clock in the morning because we were heading out fishing. It was Derek, our worship arts pastor, and Gordy Krogh, one of the elders here at Lakeside, and myself. The boat was leaving the dock at promptly 4 a.m. down at Kiwani. So I wiped a little bit of the delirium off my face. I threw on some clothes. I drove down, we boarded the boat as we were heading out to the lake. We talked about who would be first up, and we got the first bite. And it was decided I would take the lead. We were out for about an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 45 minutes. It was a slow morning. I asked the captain of the charter boat if he'd ever come back empty as I had when I went deep sea fishing. And He just wanted to move on from that line of conversation. And he said, only once. Then he changed the subject. We're out a little while longer. And we got it. First bite. I went and I grabbed the pole. and I started reeling in. I had form that the captain had never seen before. He commented on it. A lesser person would have taken it as a critique. What I realized was I was just blazing a new trail, got to get the legs into it, got to get the whole body going and that's exactly what I did. As I kept reeling the fish in to the point where I lost all feeling in my arms, like are we we almost there? And they're like about halfway, I'm like fantastic, but I just kept going, had no more feeling, it didn't matter, just kept cranking and there it was, a beautiful fish brought out of Lake Michigan. They took a photo of me, threw the fish down, returned to my seat. It was decided that Derek was next up. There was a bite. And as soon as Derek touched the pole, the fish broke free. (laughs) Started asking him, you sure you want to do this? Shut up, Brian. Like, maybe we should let Gordy go. No, Brian, I got it. Like, you sure? You sure you're strong enough, Derek, to be able to reel one in like I was? It's like, I've got it, Brian. Okay. There's another bite. Derek grabs the pole. That fish took off, and we were two for two. Empty, empty poles as soon as Derek touched them. I'm like, I don't know, tiny arms. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to catch any fish like I was able to today. Because every time Derek would try to reel in a fish, those fish got free. Because those fish understood something that we all understand. There is a quest and a desire for freedom. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you have your phones or your tablets, I'd invite you to join us. And the Bible app, it's a free app. We highly recommend everybody download that. Whatever platform you're on, whether it's an Apple device or an Android device, go to your app store, type in Bible. It will be the first one that pops up. Download that. And then once you've downloaded the Bible app, you can go to the event feature within the Bible app, and you can follow along with us, Lakeside Community Church. If you don't like technology, or if you like technology, but you're like, you know, I, I really would still... Love to have a, a paper version of the Bible and you don't have one, come see me after the service. We don't say this every week, but it's it's good every week that we would love nothing more than to give you a Bible as our gift to you. And don't worry, it doesn't have Lakeside Community Church stamped on it so you feel like you've stolen something every time that you utilize it. It's just our gift to you because we so believe the best way to connect with God is to connect with the heart of God, and that's revealed to us in Scripture. And so we want to give that to you if that's something that you want but something that you don't have. And we would love to give you that. But we're going to be looking at John 8 this morning as we, as we talk about freedom. And there's a desire within us all. There's a desire within us all to be completely free. The quest of freedom starts from the earliest days of childhood and it lasts until the last days of our lives. When we achieve it, we feel alive. And when it eludes us, we feel, we feel trapped, we feel consumed with trying to desperately get it. The promise of Jesus is that we can experience true freedom, and we can experience it through Him. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning as we start in John 8, beginning in verse 31, where we read these words from Jesus. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, "If you abide in my word." you are truly my disciples. Let me read that again. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. So what we see is a collection of people who believe in Jesus. And he says, here's the proof. Here's the litmus test for your faith. The litmus test for your faith is not in the words that you profess, but the litmus test for whether or not you really believe, whether or not you really believe what you say and what you think you believe. The test for that is the conduct of your life. And if your life measures up to the mandates of Scripture, that is the test for whether or not you really believe in me. That's what Jesus says. He says, obedience to Scripture is evidence of genuine faith. Obedience to Scripture is the evidence of genuine faith. And then he continues in verse 32 by saying this, And you will know the truth. And the truth, Will set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So, if you're one of my disciples, if you're really one of my followers, if that's what you really are, if you truly believe in me, then your life will look like Scripture wants your life to look. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is the test. This is the test for all of us who follow Jesus. And the test is this. Do our lives look the way that God wants our lives to look? Because that's the proof of whether or not we follow Jesus. We're not talking about perfection. But what we are talking about is the desire within us to honor God with our lives. Meaning when there are things that we want to do and there are things that we know we shouldn't do, that we are willing to lay aside our desires and our passions to live our lives in accordance with what Scripture says we should do. And Jesus says, this, this is the path to understanding truth. This is the path to knowing the truth. This is the route that you must take. The promise of freedom is rooted in God's revealed truth. The promise for freedom is rooted in God's revealed truth. And the reality is so often we, we, we think the idea of freedom is to do whatever we want, however we want, whenever we want. That's our concept of freedom. And Jesus says nothing could be further from the truth. And some of us, we've experienced that in life because we've chased after those things. We've tried to do whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, even though it goes contradictory to what Scripture says we should do. And even though it flies in the face of that, we still do what we want to do. And then we live with the results of that. And we understand the lie that we bought was that what we thought would deliver us freedom has actually made us a prisoner. And Jesus says, if you want to experience freedom, then you need to know the truth. And the truth will set you free. The promise of freedom is rooted in God's revealed truth. But we live in a time where everyone wants to define their own truth. Everyone wants to define their own truth. And that's not how truth works. I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with somebody and they'll preface something with, well, my truth is. That's not how truth works. You don't get to personally define truth. Truth is universal. It is either true or it is not true. So this idea of my truth, and unless you're God, it doesn't really fly. God gets to define the truth because God created everything, so he gets to make the rules and he gets to set the standards. Your truth, frankly, is, is worthless. What it, whether it is true or not is not defined by how you feel about something. The truth doesn't care about your feelings. Truth is either true, it's, something's either true, or it's not true. You don't get to define and to qualify the truth. Something is either true or it's not. And Jesus says, this is the path to knowing the truth, and truth is the path to freedom. He says... Here's the path to freedom. You believe in me. And your life looks like God wants your life to look. Because that's the proof of whether or not you really believe in me. The truth will set you free. And there's freedom there. It's not in, freedom is not found in doing whatever you want, however you want, whenever you want. It's found in a relationship with Jesus. And they answered him, "We are offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free?" Said Jesus, "What are you talking about? We're already free. We've already experienced freedom. We're not enslaved. We're not held back." What are you talking about? We're already free people. We've already experienced freedom. And you're saying that we're not free? Do you not know our history? Do you not know who we are? What are you, t- what are you talking about? They're saying here's our pedigree. Here's our history. We've, we've, never, we've never been enslaved. Here's our heritage. We're good. We're good. We've got, it all, we've got it all set. This is the equivalent of, of somebody who's grown up inside the church because they grew up in a family that loved Jesus and they brought them to church. And they, they think, well, I'm fine. God and I are on good terms because I went to church. I'm good. I, I know about that stuff. I'm good. And I understand that that mindset's less prevalent here than in other parts of the country, but yet it's still still there for some people. That the knowledge of God is the same as following God. Let me tell you the hardest thing in terms of spirituality. The hardest thing, hands down, in terms of spirituality, is having things move from your head to your heart. That is the hardest thing in terms of spirituality. And the audience is saying, No, Jesus, we're good. We're not enslaved. Don't you know we come from a very spiritual heritage? Our ancestor was Abraham. We know all about this God thing. We are religious people. We've got the religion down. What are you talking about? We're not free. And then Jesus answers them in verse 34 when he says this. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Jesus says, you think you're free. You think you're on good terms with God, but you are stuck in slavery. You are enslaved to something, and you don't even know it. And there's the, there's the harsh reality. That for a group of people who had all this head knowledge about God and thought that they were on good terms with God... Jesus says, you're not free. You're enslaved. You're enslaved. You think you're free, but you are stuck in slavery. Now, what are the ramifications for this? For for those of us who follow Jesus, what does this mean? Does this mean that every time we slip up and every time we make a mistake, that we're in trouble? Does this mean that every time we fall short and and we sin that, that we need to question our salvation? No. No. What he's talking about here when he talks about practice of sin is he's talking about habitually acting in a manner that goes against Scripture. What Jesus is saying is for the person who knows the truth, for the person who knows the truth and has just reached the point where they don't care that instead of aligning your life and your will to what God wants your life and your will to look like, instead of doing all that, you're just saying, I'm going to live my life however I want to live my life, because I'm going to do what I want, because isn't that the path of freedom? Isn't that what freedom guarantees me? The right to do whatever I want to do? Jesus says, that's the person who's in danger." And you've reached the point that you know the truth in your head but it will not move its way into your heart when you know what you ought to do and yet your conduct remains unchanged as a result he says that's the danger zone and that's where you're in trouble we look at everything that's going on right now in terms of our society in terms of the history the conversation that's that's being brought up and and we say no one who is free no one who is free would willingly choose to be enslaved no one who has experienced freedom would go and choose slavery when we look at all of the angst and all of the unrest and all the things that we see constantly being played out before our very eyes right now, one thing is universal and one thing is true. Everybody can look at that and say, nobody who's experienced freedom would willingly choose slavery. And so my question is, so why do we? So why do we? The truth will set you free. We trade freedom for slavery because we fail to believe the promise and the goodness of God. It's just that simple. We trade the freedom that Jesus offers us for slavery because we fail to believe the promise and goodness of God. We believe there's something better out there that... If, if we were just to seek after it ourselves, we'll achieve it. We fail to believe the promise and the goodness of God that he wants what's best for us because our desires point us to something else. And rather than make sure our desires align with the mandates of Scripture, we just go after our desires and we we confuse ourselves and we convince ourselves every step of the way, well, this is freedom. It's being able to do what I want. And that is the biggest lie of them all because that is the path to becoming imprisoned we fail to believe the promise and the goodness of God because something looks better to us and we believe it and how many how many times in all of our lives after we've gone after that thing and after we've conquered it do we only then realize that what we've chased after isn't freedom at all. But it's bondage. It's prison. It's enslavement. Some of you right now are picking up the pieces in your life as a result of that. Because at your core, somewhere you failed to believe the goodness and the promise of God And you knew what Scripture was telling you to do. You knew the choices that you should make, but you chose instead. And it felt good. It felt fun. It felt exhilarating at first. But it landed you in a place you never signed up for. And what you convinced yourself was an exercise of your freedom became your prison that destroyed so many things. In your life. Some of you right now are sitting in a place where you see someone you love more than you can even express. And your heart just breaks. Because they've made those choices. And they now find themselves trapped and stuck in a life they can't get out of. Your heart breaks for them because you know, you know, that it didn't have to be this way. But at some level, they failed to believe the promise and goodness of God. They chased after something. And now they find themselves stuck. We trade freedom for slavery. Jesus continues in verse 35, the slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. Jesus contrasts the standing between slaves and between sons. And he says the slave, they're not a permanent resident. They don't have any of the benefits of being in the family, but children, children have the benefit. Children have the inheritance. Children have the blessing. Children have the the benefit of being part of the family. None of that's offered to the slave, but that's exclusively available to the children. And then he says this in verse 36, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The reality is this, Jesus has freed us from our sin. Jesus has freed us from our sin. That we can experience true freedom through what He has done on our behalf. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. And does that mean that you'll never sin again the moment you make a decision to follow Jesus and give your life to Him? No, absolutely not. Salvation is instantaneous. The moment you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and and to, to make you his child, that is done. That is instantaneous. But there's a process that God works on us, and that's called sanctification. What sanctification means is it's the process of God taking our lives and moving us more and more like him. And the complexity of sanctification is this. The more and more you become like God, the more you realize the more work you have to do. Sanctification is a process. And along the way, you're going to grow. You are going to make mistakes. You're going to, you're going to still sin after you make the decision to follow Jesus. But Jesus has freed us from sin. That sin no longer has the final word on us. Sin no longer has its, its, its power to just keep us in prison. That we can experience true freedom because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. That we are free from sin. Jesus has freed us from our past. That our past no longer defines us. We don't have to be defined anymore by the mistakes that we have made, by the mistakes of our past. Other people might define us by our past. Our parents might define us by our past. Our high school classmates might define us by our past. Our ex-wife might define us by our past. But Jesus says you are not defined by your past. You are free from your struggles. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. No, in fact, God has designed us to need community. All throughout Scripture, we're told of the benefit of one another. And so just because you're free from your struggles doesn't mean that today... In an instant, you will never be tempted again or you will no longer struggle. But what it could mean is that you need to invite people who love Jesus just like you do into your life to walk through those struggles with you and to help you grow. But understand that your struggles no longer define you. You are free from your struggles. You are free from legalism. You are free from allowing everybody's, everybody's personal convictions to define your conduct. There are a number of things that Scripture is clear about. And on those things, we will be crystal clear about. But there are a number of things as well that Scripture gives great Great room for us to have personal convictions about. And so what's right for me may not be right for you. And similarly, what's right for you may not be what's right for me. And in those cases, we are free from legalism that somebody doesn't get to define that for us in their legalism. We are free from the judgment of others. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. You have been set free. You are a follower of Jesus. And then he says this, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard. From your father. Jesus concludes You think you have the answers, but you've rejected the truth. You think you have the answers, but you've rejected the truth. Are you choosing enslavement? Are you choosing a life of slavery? When Jesus offers freedom. He says, you are free. You are free indeed of your sin. You are free indeed of your past. You are free indeed of your struggles. You are free indeed of legalism. You are free indeed of the judgment of others. Has it made its way from your head into your heart? I'd spent all morning laughing at Derek. Derek. I mean, he finally reeled in a couple little fish, but it was a lot of fun to laugh at him for the two. And then it happened. It was my turn. And I got up, and I started reeling the fish in, and it broke free. I just put my head down don't turn around, don't turn around, but there was no avoiding it, and I turned around and Gordy, who'd been supportive of everyone all morning, just said, it happens, and then my eyes met Derek's eyes, and he's like, hey man, nothing you can do. Well, that was much better than what I thought I was getting. (laughs) Went and sat down. And there was another bite. It was my turn again. I got up. I started reeling in. I reeled until I'd lost all feeling, not just in my hands, not just in my arms, but literally throughout my entire body. I looked at the captain, I'm like, we almost in? It's like we're about a quarter of the way there. Oh boy. It was a big one. Dick and Gordy, they they grabbed the line and they were helping bring it in. And I have no shame in sharing that with you. Whatever. And I just kept, I just kept reeling. Just kept reeling. Finally, finally got the biggest fish of the day in the boat. And I'm not just a fisherman up here telling you it was the biggest. We have have photographic evidence. It was the biggest fish of the day brought in the boat. It was a great feeling. I sat down. I had no feeling left. Just what felt like seconds, maybe moments later. Like, we got another one. And Derek was up and he started reeling in and halfway getting that big it was another big fish they could tell halfway getting that big fish into the boat old tiny arms lost his third fish of the day i mean it's all right the tiny arms doesn't have the strength that i do in these guns I'm like hey buddy you might want to start doing a little more on arm day at the gym so you can't get the fish in the boat I don't want to say that me being able to make fun of Derek for not bringing in fish and losing three fish was as fun as fish as fun as me getting the fish in the boat. I don't want to say it was as much fun as that. It was more fun than me getting fish into the boat. Being able to mock him for losing three. But here's the reality. Those fish understood something. I understood the promise of freedom. Have you been trapped? Did you see the bait? Did you go for it? And now you find yourself hooked. It looks so promising. It looks so fun. had so much potential. But now you find yourself trapped. Being drug against the current in a way you don't want to go. I want to encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus, there is freedom available. I'm not promising it's going to be easy. But I am telling you, you are not a slave to sin. If the Son has set you free, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you are free indeed. You don't have to be in prison. And yet we understand that for a lot of these situations, There are a lot of nuance, and things can be very complicated, and you need somebody to walk through life with you, and that's why I am so excited to announce to you today a new initiative that we're starting at Lakeside. This may come as a bit of a surprise for you. But somebody who mercilessly mocks somebody for losing three fish over a four and a half hour period of time isn't necessarily the most merciful person that God's ever created. I'm not. I love people, I love people so much. But I'm the guy, when somebody comes to me with a problem, I'm asking, do you want sympathy or solutions? Because I can tell you how to get out of this, but if it's going to be a three-year process, you should probably find somebody else to walk through that with you. And that doesn't mean that I don't love you. It's just how God has wired me. And that's the beauty of community, that God has wired people differently. And so we recognize that we need people who are wired to walk through people and who love to walk alongside people every step. step of the way and so we are starting a pastoral counseling initiative with a fantastic couple who has a counseling background and gordy and jen kroeg have agreed to come alongside people from the lakeside family who need people to walk through life and circumstances and situations with you gordy primarily with the men jen primarily with the women you don't have to walk through life and situations and circumstances alone. Because yes, we are free in Jesus. But we all have baggage. And we've all blown it a time or two, and we've all made mistakes. And we need people, and we need each other. And now, today, with this announcement, we are positioning ourselves to better serve you so that nobody who calls Lakeside home has to feel like they're walking through life alone or isolated. I want to remind you, if if you're a follower of Jesus, You are free. And it's time to start living like it. You are free from sin. You are free from your past. You are free from your struggle. You are free from legalism. You are free from the judgment of others. Don't you dare, as a follower of Jesus who has experienced true freedom, don't you dare opt for a life of slavery and imprisonment instead. Live free. And the path to that is by living in the truth. Because that's what sets us free. God, I pray that we would be people who live according to your word. I pray, God, that for those here who made the decision to follow Jesus would understand just how free they are. That they are free from sin they are free from their past. Though everybody else may define them by it, they are free from their past. That they are free from their struggles. Though they will need people to walk alongside them, through them. They are free. That they are free from legalism. From allowing anybody else to decide for them what's right and what's wrong. They are free from the judgment of others. God, I pray that as people who've made the decision to follow you, we would embrace this fact. We would live lives of freedom. And God, as the enemy comes, and as he attacks us, and as he tries to stir doubt in our hearts and in our heads, And as he tries to just remind us of all of our failures and all of our mistakes and all of our shortcomings and all of the messes that we've made, God, I pray that we would just refute that and we would just cling to the fact that we are free and we would sing it and we would scream it. God, whatever we must do, To understand that we fully embrace this fact. That you have delivered us. You are greater than anything we face. We can experience freedom. True freedom. In you. Let us live lives of slavery no more. Let us boldly and gladly live in our freedom and proclaim the goodness and the grace of Jesus to all we encounter. In his name we pray.